All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Boca Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Holritz, and it is good to be here. You know, I, it's funny, I just realized that I did this. Jill, our producer, told me the other day that every single time we start the show, I reach up to my earbud or my earbuds, AirPods, earbuds, um, as we're starting the show. And then, of course, I use the same words. I've got to figure out how to mix it up a little bit. Uh, nonetheless, we are live today without really any technical difficulties. I'm very excited about that. Um, just got back in from vacation in Miami. It was nice to take a little bit of a break. I've got the, the remnants of some sun sunburn on my face here. Uh, but I think other than that, that, that might be the worst of it today. So I'm very, very thankful. For those of you that are streaming live on Facebook and on YouTube, facebook.com slash Boca Podcast, youtube.com slash Boca Podcast are the places to go. Please don't be shy today. Jump in, ask questions, comment. You can send us some funny emojis if you want to. And um, we want you to be part of the conversation. Make it a group conversation. I've got a really interesting guest on the show today talking about a really important topic for professional photographers. And so I don't want you to be shy. Join the conversation. And then for those of you listening to the audio after the fact, make sure that you come and join us for a show or two during the week when we live stream. If you follow us on Instagram.com slash Boca Podcast, you can keep up to date with the latest upcoming live streams. And then one last note before I introduce our guest for today, just a quick reminder to everybody to look for opportunities to donate, to give to your local community or a national or international organization. A lot of money goes a long ways. I posted my receipt from Charity Water there on the screen for those of you that are live streaming. A little bit of accountability. I told you I would do it before every show, uh, but I would just encourage you to look for opportunities to give as you go through your week and as we get into this brand new year, 2022. All right. Well, enough of an introduction, I want to introduce our brand new guest for today. And we've got her here live. Claire, Laura is here with me. Claire, thank you for coming and hanging out with me. We made it happen. Yes, of course. I'm excited. Well, and we're going to actually get into, as I mentioned earlier, a really important topic as it relates to running a photography business. And um, I mean, we could keep it really simple and say SEO, but uh, this also brings up a topic today, which is writing blogs specifically for the sake of SEO, yes. which to me is also interesting because there's still this part of me and we'll get to this, I promise. But there's this part of me that's like, really, in 2022, we should still be writing blogs? Like, is that really relevant to today? Um, I'm going to let you respond to that here as, as we get into the, the topic at hand in just a bit. But um, I appreciate you coming and sharing with us. Go ahead, if you will, and just share with our listeners uh, a little bit about your business. Go ahead and comment, too, if you will, on the brand position of your business, because uh, you're a little bit different in that you're not actively photographing. A lot of the guests that we have on the show are photographers. So let our business or let our listeners know who you are and what you do. Yes. So my mission is to help photographers show up in Google with a content strategy that is totally off their plate and onto mine. So I used to do everything for everyone. Then I started serving photographers a little bit beginning of last year. And then I realized, dang, I want to help photographers show up in Google first results and get leads from organic search. And a key to that is content blogging, which is not dead. <laughs> and I know that they don't want to generally want to write. They don't like writing, don't want to write, don't know what to write. I can do that for them. I take it off their plate. 
and I love this. I love the simplicity of that. Actually, the fact that you're able to sum it up that way um, speaks volumes, actually, to your copywriting ability as well. But that makes sense. Like you're in that space, so I would hope you'd be good at that. And I'm going to actually pull up your website here as we're talking. And um, you know what? I've got the wrong. Thing oh my! <laughs> I've got the yeah. I had I had our notes pull up. That's really weird. Yeah, you know, all these technical difficulties that I said that we weren't having, it looks like maybe we're back to them again. So I'll see if we can figure that oh, out. No. Let me... He jinxed us. Yeah, I, I totally did jinx us. So let me see if I can just quickly share um, our screen. And we'll, we'll, we'll try this one more time. Hold on one second. I'm going to unlock the screen. We're going to... There we go. Now we've got your screen pulled up. Okay. So we've got your website pulled up here, CL Content Marketing. And um, it says done for you content marketing and strategy go from stressed to blessed serving photographers. And, and I'm curious, actually, you know, it's important when we're trying to reach new businesses that we are really specific about our target market. What was it specifically about the photography community and maybe lend a little context just for our listeners, because they've got kind of endless choices of people that they can serve with their photography. They got to make a decision in the end. How did you land on yours? Yes. Yeah, so. Part of it is that I think, you know, photography, it's a creative service you're providing. And I also provide a creative service, so I can really speak the language of, a phot of photographers. Um, so that's part of it. I did, I loved working with photographers over the years. Uh, I've been in business almost five years, so worked with many, di many different businesses and industries, like I said. But the reason I really thought, wow, I want to help photographers. It's kind of all I want to do. Like, let's go and make that really difficult, scary decision to, to niche, which has paid off tenfold, um, was because, so I've had the same photographer since my wedding, since our wedding, engagement, wedding, family. Um, I had a baby in 2020 and I wanted the milestone package, like Mac Daddy. I want I wanted all the photos. All I want is photos of my family. So did that with her and in, in turn worked with her throughout the year um to we did a barter and i just like loved creating her content she still is my client um and i realized too like with photography you are capturing your family's memories you're capturing your family legacy like my grandma one of my grandmas i have like two photos of her and they're not very good <laughs> and i would do anything to have a photo better photos with her um, you know, when, when people came to my house after I had my baby, my newborn, there was already portraits on the wall. Like we had our gorgeous, like family gallery wall. And they said, how did you do that? I'm like, it was Julie. Like she did it all for me. Like we did the photos. She took care of the product. She came with a hammer and nails and hung up on my wall. Wow. Like, that is amazing and special. And I yeah. want to help her and other photographers do that. Wow, that's incredible. So you, you knew that you were getting to play a really important role in an impactful service in photography from your personal experience. And that's really cool. And I, I think it also speaks to the significance of serving a market that, that somehow is impactful to you personally. I think there's something to that, right? We bring a different level of passion as a result of that approach. And so I think that's a really great kind of reminder and recommendation for our listeners. And we'll, of course, link to these in the show notes at bookapodcast.com. I already popped it up on the screen, but clcontentmarketing.com, your website, and then also CL Content Marketing on Instagram. And uh, I appreciate you sharing that. So let me jump to the next question then. So being in the space serving photographers in particular, what would you say is one of the most important aspects of customer experience, creating a great customer experience from your experience running the company? 
You've probably heard the phrase, um, be the leader you always wanted or, you know, be the mentor you wish you had five years ago. So yeah. I like to think of it as be the support that you need in your business where you're an expert. Like, for example, taxes, bookkeeping, financial planning, my brain explodes. I can't deal with it. <laughs> so I found support for that. And so she is like amazing. She doesn't make me feel stupid. She makes it all, she simplifies it for me, makes it easy. And I love that. I'm so grateful for that. So I want to do that for my clients. They come to me, they say, I don't know what to do, or I know I'm supposed to be blogging, but I, I hate writing, or I I'm confused and I just want to make it simple, actionable, and take it off their plate. So be the support for them that I need in my business and other areas. A little bit of empathy goes a long way, huh? Like you put yourself in, in their shoes, you understand what it feels like to need that kind of help. And so you bring that and that's really important too. Empathy has not always been a, like a, a strength of mine, but I think it's a good exercise, not only for the sake of personal relationships, but also for the sake of our interactions with our clients or potential clients, learning how to put ourselves in their shoes, feel what they feel uh, for the sake of better relationships, I think is really, really important. So that's a great reminder. By the way, you've got a fan, um, Allison on on uh, YouTube is saying, I need you, Claire. So, uh, and, and by the way, for those of you that are, that are listening and watching, because we've got a number of you streaming live at the moment, please don't hesitate to comment and, um, oh, and I froze up. Look at that. Here we are again with those technical issues. Allison, now, now it's all on you to carry the show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. I, yeah. Okay. So, you know what we're going to do? Uh, I'm going to, as we are freezing up here again. And so sorry, everybody, for the uh, technical issues. Allison, I'm going to, um, if you will, answer the next question for me. And I'm going to try to get a different dongle, see if maybe that's somehow playing into the issues that we're seeing here. So what For would sure. you say is the most important principle that enables you to manage your time a little bit better? Like find a little bit of balance between kind of the personal and the professional aspects of life and business. Okay, this one's brutal, but it's getting comfy saying no. So creating those boundaries and deciding, you know, what are your non-negotiables? What are your core values in your life, in your business? And then saying no to what's, what's not that. So I kind of joked getting comfy with saying no because I kind of went through a season of having to say no to a lot after having my baby, of course, and coming back from maternity leave, I had to really like protect my time. And I, I would feel like sick to my stomach saying no. I'd be like, you know, I'd be asked to work with a client not in my niche or speak at an event that I couldn't really, I couldn't attend or, you know, whatever. Just say no to something and you always feel like terrible. But when you're saying no to something, course you're saying yes to yourself and I don't know who said that originally it's not me but I love that because it's so true like in order to have that balance in your life and your business you have to say no I'm a people pleaser like I said it used to make me sick to my stomach saying no but I'm getting better at it and I just say you know thank you for asking me but unfortunately I won't be able to or if someone reaches out for business um, purposes uh, business services I just say I'm not able to here's a list of who I recommend and I just say no and I move on with my day. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so sorry to, to interrupt Claire, your, your, um, your response there. I'm trying to get their video back online here. So everybody forgive the uh, technical issues. We've just been having a variety of ongoing technical issues here. So let me, okay, I'm going to add Claire back in. We're going to have to do without the fancy camera today uh, on my end. So th thanks everybody for your patience and sorry about that again, Claire, for, for uh, kind of interrupting your flow no there. 
So saying no, I've, I've also found this to be a little bit of a, a challenge because there are so many options and then like there's this FOMO and you, you don't, as a business owner, trying to do all the things and build the best possible business, it's easy to just like, be, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Oh, there's another thing. I need to grab that and I should do this thing. And um, I, I think it's a really important reminder just to, to learn how to filter out. Is, is there something like, do you have kind of a guiding light of principles or goals that enable you to more effectively know what to say no to, what to say yes to? Yeah, so I have um, core values in my business and in my life, which that might be another podcast story for another day. But <laughs> for the business, yeah. you know, I've got my my core values. Like I want to serve these types of clients. You know, I used to do all the networking. I went to 100 networking events in 2019, which LOL, because then 2020 kind of went... Pfft. But I was in five or six networking groups, had to say no to a lot of that moving into 2021 and of course 2022 um, to, to protect my time and my energy. And so really it's the core values that serve me. And I'm really, I try to be very strict with my time management. So like me working at night, um, off with my daughter and that's a non-negotiable. She's, she's one, she's only little ones. Weekends, I try really hard not to work. Of course, life happens. Like I had a childcare snafu Monday, so I had to work Monday night. It's just life. But normally, I stick to my my boundaries um, to protect my energy because I've really learned when I protect my energy and I'm coming from a space of feeling like feeling well, feeling served, balanced, then I can serve my clients like even better. That makes sense. But I love that you have those values like as kind of a, a I guess ideals to kind of lead the way. And I think that's a really good thing. I mean, we've, um, the part, I mean, I'm biased, I will say, because we talk a lot about this idea of a big picture view and values, the significance of values, but it really does enable us to more effectively filter out that which is relevant, that which isn't. And we've been getting a lot more clear, even internally at, at Photographer's Edit, for example, with our team about what it is that we're trying to achieve. And it's amazing the amount of focus and drive that has ultimately brought as a result, because we know what we're trying to reach for, right? We might be fighting, fighting for say a mission or to reach a particular sales goal, but narrowing down even more what it is that we're trying to accomplish and, and maybe even throwing some reasons into that to why we're trying to accomplish those things, super important. Um, again, really great advice and reminder and I appreciate that. Okay, give me like 10 seconds here. We're gonna try to switch this back to the camera and I think we might be able to make this happen. I'm gonna add you back in, here we go. Okay, I'm gonna cross my fingers. If this doesn't work, we'll stick with the uh, with my little 720p MacBook Air camera <laughs> moving forward. If, if it doesn't work, we'll see if that did the trick. All right, thanks for your patience again, everybody. Let's keep going because I, I really wanna to get to this conversation around SEO. It's a, it's a fascinating and important one. Talk to me a little bit about delegation. Running a business, I mean, you talk about saying no to things, but also there's a, I guess, a certain amount of uh, shall we say, ability to do more effectively while still maintaining that focus if we're able to welcome in a team, you know, whether in-house team or third-party companies team, um, it's, it's a really important concept when it comes to saving time. What do you, what has been your experience with this process of delegation? Yeah, so, I mean, this is going to sound very cheeseball, but I'm going to roll with it. So I... Really, I have to give my daughter credit having a baby. So not saying you have to have a baby to get your delegation in order, but some motivation, and, you know. But what happened was I realized, oh, 
crumb cakes. I don't know if you swear. Yeah, so I won't. Oh, crumb cakes. I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to need to be off for a few days and then work my way back in. So I had to document my processes using Google Docs. I used Loom to record everything I did. And then I implemented a um, task management software. I use Asana for that. And then having to just unclench my fists, just like release, let go and get some support in my business yeah. and assigning tasks and Asana just trusting that I had done everything to, to get my processes in order and just, yeah, just let go and <laughs> trusting the team. And so it's interesting, first of all, how we can save so much time just by automating something with software like Asana. That's important. How did you make the decision to move to Asana specifically? I had used it in a prior role. So I looked at ClickUp, I'm blanking on the other ones. There's so many, but Monday.com, ClickUp, a couple others. But I'm like, you know, I know Asana pretty well. I like it. So done. And it's I'm using the free version, actually. I'm surprised it's still free. I use it for all my clients and everything. I have a couple team members in there, but it's still free. Still free. Well, it, I will say just from the little bit that I've dug around in there, I know it's a super capable piece of software or piece of software. It could also probably be a little bit overwhelming to some who are like, I just want to keep up with my little task list. Like there's so many options here, but it, I think it, it allows you to be able to delegate to your team through the software, right? That's one of the cool features of it. Oh yes. So nice. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something, you know, there's, there are various CRMs in the market we've talked about here on the podcast in the past. Um, and they're, they're great. They're designed specifically for photographers. That ability though, to be able to delegate to your team is something that I don't think is as commonplace. So for those of you listening in, if you're looking for a tool like that, Asana is certainly one. Uh, Todoist is a piece of software that we used mm. for, for quite a while. It's another great piece of software that, that you can use for something like that. There are kind of endless options, but definitely important to, to keep in mind a tool that would enable you to delegate a little bit more effectively. Last question before we get to SEO. Talk to me a little bit about um, a favorite book, self-help book, business book, maybe a combination of the above that you'd recommend to our listeners. So I just need to, I'm going to go quick because I know we got to get to SEO, but this was emotionally like difficult for me because there's so <laughs> many. I love reading and I love learning, but I did quickly peek at your site. I, I narrowed the list down to like five and then like, okay, let me okay. just see what's on the site already. And these, the three, so I'll say one, but um, really the number one book that I kind of go back to every few years is The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. I don't know if you've heard of it or read it. No, I don't think so. Oh, so it's just basically mapping out how to build habits um, to help you just a slight edge. What's like a slight habit you can do? What's like a little something you can do to help you reach your goal? Like if every day you spend five minutes making your to-do list in the morning before you tackle your, your day, it's like a little thing, but doing that every day will help you get more clear, more focused, get your list done. I could go on and on, but I will just insist that your listeners check it out if they haven't. So The Slight Edge by Jeff Olson would probably be my number one. Okay, Slight Edge by Jeff. You know, normally I, I pull this up on Amazon so we can show everybody. So I'm going to do that actually really quick. Slight Edge by Jeff Olson. Let's see here if we could do that. Okay, perfect. And sharing the screen. There we go. All right, so The Slight Edge, Turning Simple Disciplines into a massive success and happiness. And yeah, th this actually sounds, um, trying to think of the book that it sounds really similar to around the same same lines, but there are, there are these- Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits, I think is one of them. Yeah, and it kind of goes back to that idea like you were talking about, about focusing on a few small things that you do consistently. 
And it's amazing mm-hmm. how much it goes, how, how much difference it makes. I, I realized this in my life the last couple of years in particular that, you know, I can, I can read, try to be fancy and read a hundred books a year and, and like I have know all the things and you know, consume endless amounts of content. The reality is at the end of the day, there's, there are some principles that number one, stand the test of time, but two applied consistently go a long, long ways. And there's not, there's no need to be fancy. There's no need to know everything. If you do a few things really, really well and consistently, and that's really important to note. I mean, it's funny in 2022 to say that, but a, a lot of the times it's true, both in business and, and in our personal life. Have you found that yourself? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, What's something that yeah, you do Yeah, a couple like, core regularly? principles. Oh. oh, no, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I, no, you go. I was just going to say, what's something that you do regularly that you feel makes like a really, really big impact um, that you've seen a lot of benefit from just by doing that thing consistently? Um, I have to say, so everyone talks about their morning routine, the morning routine. Well, unfortunately, right now, my morning is dictated by a one-year-old. She still kind of wakes up. She, well, anyway, so I actually have a bedtime routine, which thank goodness. I remember Google, I was researching like how to fall asleep and it was basically have a bedtime, like my toddler has a bedtime routine, like, you know, brush teeth, drink milk, read books, go to bed. And I was researching for adults and it's like, yeah, drink some tea, read some books. Don't look at your phone, go to bed. I'm like, oh, so I just need to do what my toddler's doing. (laughs) Yeah. But what was the benefit? Like, was it just to help you kind of come down off the day a little bit more effectively or? Yes. So I just try to like write down a few thoughts, you know, maybe journal, but no pressure, just a couple of thoughts, maybe journal, maybe wrap up any thoughts or tasks I need to do. And then I try to not look at my phone, (laughs) Um, you know, put my phone away and just read a few pages of my book. I read every now, I read 52 books a year, not to brag, but (laughs) I do. Yes. And I'm actually writing my first novel. Well, it's written, but I'm editing it. No way. All for just working like 20 30 minutes a night i was able to write a novel in about a year really okay well that's a conversation in and of itself but i'm going back to (laughs) i'm stuck on the 52 books a year so do you find it difficult to actually apply what you're learning from that many books consistently so i only read okay this is so funny so i only read one personal development or like business development book a quarter so i read four a year the rest are like okay. fiction mm-hmm. nonfiction. because i did try reading so let's see i think it was 2019 i was like i'm just gonna read personal development books and i was very overwhelmed and stressed okay. after about four weeks because i'm like wait this is too much and i feel like i'm a loser now instead of a winner <laughs> and like it did the reverse effect so fair enough yes Okay, well, so we'll make sure then to link to this particular uh, self-help book. You probably categorize it as self-help and business book, Slight Edge, Turning Simple Disciplines into Massive Success and Happiness. We'll put that in the show notes at bocapodcast.com. And um, Claire actually mentioned this earlier. We do have a section on our site. If if everybody listening in or watching goes to Boca Bookshelf, just like it sounds, B-O-K-E-H bookshelf.com, we have listed our most popular books there on the site, and you can take advantage if you're looking for some recommendations. But uh, the slight edge may have to get added to that mix. All right, cool. Well, Claire, I, I want to keep going to the uh, the conversation, the primary conversation at hand, which titled very simply is how to write blogs that Google will love. Right? We're we're wanting to write content so that we're present, or at least that used to be the case with blogs. Um, I'm getting the sense that it's more about SEO now than anything. Again, I want to get your take on that. But we we want to write content that ultimately brings us traffic, not just because of the interest, but also the benefit that it brings to SEO. And so I'm wondering if maybe you can give us some context, first of all, before I get into some of my specific questions about 
where we're at in the world of blogging right now and significance? Because you said it does matter. How much does it matter? What is the significance of blogging, especially to a photography business? Yeah, so, and I know with digital marketing, there's 80 billion strategies every day and you gotta do reels and you gotta do this, you gotta do that. But really the, the reason why blogging and creating content that Google, Google will love and your, your customers are looking for is because, you know, Google is the largest search engine, of course, though. But, you know, when we have a question, we want the answer right away and we go to Google and we search it. So you want your site, your your website, to answer the question your potential customers are looking for. And so it's really important to have that, that SEO-focused blog content, fresh content, which we'll probably dig in more to the specifics, um, to help your site show up in Google, get more leads from organic search, and naturally answer the questions that they're going to be asking in the search engine. Okay, that makes sense. Oh, now we're back to the frozen me again. So we're going to have to uh, undo that. Man, this has been quite the... Uh... I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It's it's totally not you. I, I'm not sure. I was talking to, to Claire a little bit before, just to kind of break the fourth wall for everybody listening in. I was talking to Claire a little bit beforehand, and I said, we've had like the, the worst experience with tech in the last couple of months, and I have no idea what's going on suddenly. We've done over 500 episodes of the Boca Podcast, and while we've had you know little blips here and there with, with various tech issues... We've never had this many tech issues before. And now, of course, we're live streaming. So it makes it the, the, like the pressure of the ante is, is up quite a bit. But um, we're going into flow. We're back to the to the uh, amateur level camera here. So y'all forgive me for the <laughs> for the low res camera on the presentation or the uh, broadcast. But um, getting back to your your point, I'm wondering if maybe like when we when we think about not just the significance of of obviously SEO uh, photographers, I think a lot of times understand the significance of blog writing as it relates to SEO, but they don't, and you pointed this out earlier, they don't necessarily have context to how to go best go about doing that. And I still remember back when I was shooting and needing to write, you know, a social media post or, or blog content, it was probably more so back then that like to, to try to come up with something unique that wasn't just repeating what I said the last time, because I was shooting a wedding that was largely the same as the last one that I photographed like that, that was hard. And I'm not naturally a writer. I certainly don't write any novels. And so that didn't come naturally to me. I didn't know what to write. If you were just to just to kind of kick it off to sum up in one sentence, how photographers should approach writing blog content, how would you sum it up? Ooh, I would create blog content that answers your most frequently asked questions that your customers are searching for. So your example of weddings, yeah. Blogging, I had this beautiful wedding. I was at this beautiful wedding. This is a gorgeous couple. What what types of questions came up before they booked with you that you could answer? Mm. What can you highlight about the venue? Um, what tips can you give about, I am just riffing off the top of my head here, but let's say a winter Milwaukee wedding. So it's a little risky to have a winter wedding. Could you provide tips around that? Uh, you know, what to ask your photographer for your wedding. Um, I am... A, Hopefully these are making sense. <laughs> no, it absolutely makes sense. I, immediately that gives me direction, right? And that's a funny thing and, and actually a great segue, and a, a segue to my next question. Um, but before I ask that, if, if any photographer listening in is like, what do I write next? They can speak or they can think specifically about the conversations they've had with that couple or that client, the questions that came up 
go ahead and share the the pretty pictures. I, I, as you were talking, I was thinking about the phrase that always comes up, especially on social media. Every, every, every photographer's like, I'm so excited, dot, dot, dot. Like, I'm so excited. They made me so excited. I'm so excited to share the pictures of. Like, we all say the same stuff. But how can we most effectively share the question or the answers to the questions that were posed by that particular client? And while, yeah, we may get some of the same questions from client to client, picking out the unique conversation and highlighting that in the blog post, I think it's a great direction. For, for our listeners. So yeah, you riffed, but, but again, you know what you're talking about. So that was a great direction to go. And that leads me to my question. And so it's something that you actually highlight on your website, the significance of setting goals. You talk about a goal-based yes. content strategy. Um, yet again, something that I've learned the significance of in the last year or two in particular is the importance of goals. And, and I guess more specifically, specific goals, right? I talked earlier about how our team knew what we were trying to achieve on a very basic, very general level. But the moment that we got more specific, it's amazing how it translated to kind of everybody's day-to-day -day actions, their behavior, what they're focusing on, the drive, the motivation. And so setting specific goals seems like a really great place to start. But how would you sum up the significance from your experience, especially working with photographers, of goals as it relates to SEO strategy? Having goals um, in place helps steer your content for Google and your potential client. I never want to, you know, when you're writing content, you know, SEO focused blog content, yes, we want it to show up on Google, but your potential client will be reading this and hopefully go, ooh, I'm gonna book with him or her or, or whatever. So the, I'm trying to think of how to like say this succinctly, but, you know, having a goal for SEO can seem challenging. You know, I hear, oh, I just, I need to blog more to show up in Google. And I say, okay, great. How many leads are you getting now from Google? And then it might be like, a, uh, I'm not sure. Or like one, two, three, that's fine. It totally does not matter where you start. Sure. But what's an, what's a goal we can set? Okay. So you're getting one or two in three to six months. I really want you to be getting two to three or two to four from organic search results. And if you don't know how to find that, or if you're not sure, that's where we actually need to start. <laughs> okay. You know, how are you tracking where your leads come from and how yeah. do you know? Um, so that's just one quick example or what keywords, um, you know, I had a client, she came to me and she's like, my keywords are weird. Like it was all her name or just like a really random couple, just, they were just weird. And so, okay. So she wanted to rank for like these top three keywords, like family photographer near me, newborn photographer in the city and um a senior senior photographer okay great that's our goal in three to six months i want to start seeing these keywords show up in your organic search results and just i'm sure you're going to ask but we're getting the data from google analytics so mm. we're checking that source okay where is your traffic coming from what are the keywords but so you know if you if you come to me and say i just want to blog to just show up at google that's great i can write blog content for you all day long i can write you 10 blogs tomorrow, maybe not tomorrow, in two days, <laughs> give me an extra day there. But I want to make sure the blog content serves your goals. And being being super specific about that up front enables you to help guide the photographer, not just in the content that you're helping them write, but ultimately the strategy that's in, implemented. And I, I think, yeah, I just can't stress this enough. And I, I guess I'm being a little bit selfish here, but just from subjective experience, even in the last, we'll call it year, a little bit more maybe, seeing this, the benefits and we've been in business now as a company, the, the photographers edit specifically for, you know, over 13 years, but seeing 
even just in the last year or two, the benefits of being more specific in our goal setting, because it, it ultimately guides us, enables us, give us direction as to what we're actually spending our time, efforts and energy on. And it, it then results, the results that you can get from that are quite significant. It's, it's really, really good. So it can't be understated. Let me, let me kind of shift just a little bit though. Talk to me about, you, you mentioned keywords in passing. What are the significance of keywords and, and more specifically the placement of keywords? We hear the idea of keywords quite a bit, but I'm not sure I've ever heard someone talk specifically about the placement of those keywords in the content. Yes, absolutely. And I will try to do my best walking through that on dry land. <laughs> um, but just to like back up. So keywords. So that's what somebody, of course, is typing into Google or whatever search engine, but mostly Google um, to get their question answered, like I said. So the challenge, of course, that I hear is, well, I don't know what keywords do I need? Um, and so really the best place to start would be just just Google whatever, whatever, think of like the number one keyword, like I would love to rank for this keyword, like family photographer near me, wedding photographer, Milwaukee, whatever. And then Google that keyword and see what comes up now and just kind of get a, get an idea. Okay. So I see these other photographers. I see these like resources. Okay. So when you look at that, if you scroll to the bottom, normally there's related search results that kind of gives you some more ideas. So, okay. What else are people searching? So if it's Milwaukee wedding photographer and you you see kind of what's on that page and you go to the bottom it'll say like maybe Milwaukee wedding venue it's like oh okay cool I can like maybe talk about that um planning your Milwaukee wedding or best Milwaukee photographer or just I should have I should have had this prepped and up in front of me but I'm making it up but you get the point um so that's like a real super basic way to just kind of get a feel for keywords and like what should I even like where do I start of course, there's some awesome tools like the Google Keyword Planner, if you just want to Google that. <laughs> and you can actually type in the keyword itself, like Milwaukee Wedding Photographer, and it will give you um, the actual traffic. So it'll say, you know, Milwaukee Wedding Photographer, you do the geographic location of the Milwaukee area, and it will say, okay, that term was searched 900 times last month. So it kind of gives you an idea like, okay, you know, I want to focus on this keyword, and it will give you relevant keywords and the traffic as well. So maybe maybe you had it in your head like a certain keyword, but when you do that or you you look at the related searches at the bottom, you're like, oh, maybe instead of focusing on Milwaukee wedding photographer, I need to think about using the keyword like best Milwaukee portrait photographer or something. Uh, you know, like maybe you'll just, I, I'm sure with photography, it's not gonna be a huge jump um, with of keywords that you're thinking of that you can search for, but it just helps kind of guide that keyword research and kind of helps you see once you start noticing that too. Like when you search on Google, you see the related searches, you're like, oh, it kind of helps you see like what are those keywords? What should I be thinking about? And I, I also have a question, but I can dive into where to put those keywords next. Well, I was just going to ask, do you recommend a particular tool for deciding or for, for being able to more easily see the uh, ranking of particular keywords. I mean, I know that we can go into Google and, and see some of that, but even just as you're in Google doing the search that you're describing, is there a particular tool or two that you recommend that would give further context? Absolutely. So there's one called Keywords Everywhere, and there is a free version. It's like an extension on your browser. I use Chrome, so I know it works on Chrome. I do yeah. not know. If it, I'm sure it works on other browsers. It's but a great tool. Keywords Everywhere is a really good one. Oh, you use it? 
Yeah, we've in fact we've talked about it here on the podcast before. It's a really great and helpful tool for sure in giving that context. Oh, awesome! A more expensive tool that gives very good data would be SEM Rush. S E M, like all caps, Rush.com. You can do a couple of free searches. You can type in a keyword or even a competitor site and just see like how much traffic does that keyword get or what keywords are they ranking for? Are you ranking for? But that one is a little pricier and can get kind of wild, but the free version does offer some helpful, um, helpful points. Okay. And we've used uh, Ahrefs for some time now, and that's been a super helpful tool too. And I think that's one of the things that it enables you to do is do some comparison, com kind of comparisons as far as keyword searching goes. Yeah. Cool. Well, we'll make sure to link to these in the show notes then at bocapodcast.com for anybody listening in. But let me go to the next question then. Talk to me a little bit about tagging and blog content. I, again, as, a, as somebody who's an amateur blog writer, if even that, I wouldn't have thought about tagging. Um, I guess maybe like if I start thinking about WordPress, maybe the ability to tag in there. Is that what you're talking about? Or what do you mean by the significance of tagging as it relates to blog content? So the reason I wanted to talk about this is to kind of like myth bust a little bit <laughs> okay. um, because I'll hear from photographers, oh, like I put 39 tags on my blog post, so it's going to show up in Google. Eh, you know, that's not really the right way to think about it. Um, honestly, that it was I mean, a couple years ago, but now, of course, algorithms been changing and shifting. Really, the purpose of tagging is to help structure your site to make it easy for the Google bots, the Google gods, whatever, to like quickly like scan your site and see like, do you know your, your ish? <laughs> like if you just have like one really good blog post, that's a good start, but they might, you know, scan. Da -da -da -da. Oh, okay. So there's nothing else about this topic. I'm not going to rank this piece of content, but, oh, I see they've tagged or they've, the tag pulls all, sorry, I should be more specific. The tag, and the, and the category of your blog kind of ties all of the content on your site together. So having your blog post um, tagged, you know, I'd say like, yeah, five tags maybe on your blog post that, that are relevant to the post. So part of the reason why I laugh and say, you know, that someone said they had 39 tags is because they start to get not relevant. You know, newborn photographer, Oconomowoc photographer, newborn photographer near me, babies, baby photo, baby, <laughs> you know, fall photos in the area. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. no, that's not going to just, Google's not going to see your post and go, oh, babies in the fall. That's going to be like that. We're going to rank this content. So that's the reason why I wanted to bring it up on the today, because I wanted to kind of myth bust a little bit. You know, you don't need to stuff a bunch of tags, choose five you know, five, maybe 10 that are relevant to your post. Um, Cause Google is getting much smarter. <laughs> stupid, oh. stupid Google. It's getting much smarter that they can sniff out when you're trying to be sneaky. Like for example, we, oh, I don't think I talked about this. So I'm glad it's popping in my head, but keyword placement. So if you think, okay, great. I'm gonna do Milwaukee wedding photographer and I'm just gonna use it 50 times on this blog post and it will rank. Google might ding ya. They might say, hmm. That's my impression of Google, I guess. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this person is trying way too hard. This does not sound real yeah. or authentic. Sure. You know, we're not going to rank this. So it's just have it in your title, the title of your blog, work it in there, the keyword. Have it in the first sentence of your blog. So the first intro sentence, work it in there. 
the H1, which unfortunately, there's so many website platforms, I wish I could walk through it to do this. But if you go to your H1, have the keyword in there, mm -hmm. and then add it to your image titles. And that's a really good start. Um, and where to like put your keyword. Don't overstuff it, don't overthink it. Like write your content naturally, like, like I said, for your dream client, your potential client, you're answering the question, but make sure, make sure you have that keyword title, first sentence, H1, image titles. Image titles. Got it. I'm, I'm literally taking notes. I told you I would do it. I'm taking notes here. I'm writing these <laughs> things down, so I've, I've got it right here. Okay. So that's the placement. And obviously we understand we need to make sure that we're actually putting tags that are relevant to the content we're writing. Can you share a few tags that you would recommend um, that are, I, I don't know if, I mean, I don't know, is there such a thing as being able to write, like have a, a set of tags that you always place with every post or do you always have to adjust per the post? You always have to adjust per the post. Okay. So that's, again, that's why I wanted to bring it up to myth bust because I have seen that too, where somebody just copy and paste their tags and sticks right. on every single post. Yep. And like I said, the goal is to make your site structure as clear as possible. I mean, think, you know, let's say you welcome Google to your front door and you're like, hey, Google, like, come on in. Here's the answer. And it's just like, you got piles of, you got stuff everywhere, like piles of stuff. It's like, uh, too much. Like, we're not even going to like deal with this. I like that but picture. If you have it organized, yeah. makes sense. You got things where they belong. It makes it a lot easier for Google and your dream client. That's like the bonus, but really it's right. your, this for Google. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bonus. Okay. Well, so, being context specific, super important. I, I, when you were talking about copying and pasting tags, so I was thinking, I mean, I've been guilty of it, certainly on social media doing the same thing. We need to be super intentional, specific to the individual pieces of content that we're writing or that we're creating. Are there though, maybe some top tags that, that photographers should be utilizing when it is relevant to their posts? I would say your location. So, you know, Milwaukee photography, Chicago photography, you know, trying to help that geographic location um, or trying to help Google see you for that geographic location. Hopefully that makes sense. <laughs> and um, using, I would also use your brand, your brand name as well, because okay. people are searching your brand name and looking for you, hopefully. <laughs> yes. They're getting, hearing about you, learning about you. Maybe they saw something on social media and then later they're searching for you. So utilizing your brand as a tag will help, again, just make it a nice and tidy, easy to find. Yep. Okay. So location, brand name, um, any other top SEO tags that, that you recommend besides those two? Or it, do you really just beyond that have to go then adjust to the content? Beyond that, adjust to the content or your service. Like, you know, if you're a wedding photographer, it's going to be wedding, you know, wedding photographer, wedding photography, wedding portraits, newborn photographer. Oh, that's actually good. Maybe that's it. So it's your service and photography, your service, portraits, you know. Sure. The genre that, that you're that photographing in or that you're focusing on. There you go. Genre. There you go. <laughs> okay. So location, brand name, genre. And then if you're talking about a particular venue that you're photographing in, you would include that. Um, just as an yes. example, or an indoor, would you do something like indoor wedding versus outdoor wedding for wedding photographers? Oh, yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, any That's other perfect. examples maybe of, of ways that, that you could tag specific content um, to, to specific posts? If you're a newborn photographer, maybe like lifestyle newborn session, 
pose, newborn session, studio, newborn session. Um, oh, a senior. Oh, actually, seniors. Here's a good one, too. If you're posting, if the blog post is featuring a senior from a high school, tag the high school. Okay. So, specific, and I guess, yeah, I guess that makes sense, too, because other seniors, students, or upcoming seniors are... They may be doing a quick search or looking at content relevant that, or excuse me, that is tied to the high school. So then maybe naturally they'd be fed that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, this kind of gives us an introduction to the topic. I know it's a very, very big topic at hand. I, I think the big takeaways for me anyway, just off, off the top of my head from today are being, first of all, setting very clear goals so that we have, we know we're even trying to accomplish with SEO. And then looking at the content that we're writing, making sure that we are tagging, I wrote this down again, tagging, putting, excuse me, tags in the, or the keywords in the title, first sentence, H1 image titles. That's kind of a great head start, especially for anybody using something like, we work in Words or WordPress quite a bit, and it would be relatively easy to, to do something like that. So that's important. And then um, ultimately using tags that are specific to the content it's so easy to copy paste, but we have to do a little bit of extra work and we'll get the payout from it. That's important. Um, exactly. I, I know that you help photographers as, as we've talked about, and maybe you can just share briefly the services that you offer before we finish up here for those photographers listening in or watching that might want a little bit more help uh, outside of the, all the technical issues that we've had kind of jumping back and forth today. And again, apologies to everybody and yourself included, Claire. I know this kind of um, created a little bit of a hiccup in our conversation, but um, share with our listeners, if you will, just where they can learn a little bit more about the services that you offer and how they can ultimately reach out to you. Yes, absolutely. And I, I really appreciate it. Thanks for letting me myth bust with the tags <laughs> earlier. Um, and actually, I, I do a free 20 minute clarity call, wink. And I had one this morning <laughs> with a photographer. <laughs> actually, she was in Toronto and she was so sweet. She I said, well, what, what questions do you have for me? And she was like, I don't know. Like, I've been overwhelmed by this, by writing and content and email. And she's like, I just really appreciate that you've like you've just been so clear and, and it's very simple and it's, you're not making me feel overwhelmed or like I'm behind in any way. Um, so really, any you don't work with me, but any if you're a photographer and you're thinking about outsourcing marketing, really, please try to find someone who you feel, like I said earlier, who is a support you need in your business who can offer that to you um because that's just so important i i love being able to help photographers and being able to step into their voice because i know that's super scary um i've had i had a photographer who worked with a different blogger and she worked with me and she was like oh like thank you for like nailing my voice because <laughs> it's hard it's your voice it's yeah, your brand for sure you've worked on it for so long it's hard to just let that go and let someone write for you i totally get it um, so yeah, find someone who you click with. Doesn't have to be me, but if it's me, cool. <laughs> but just, yeah, that's my little tangent there really quick. But yeah, so the services I offer, so like I said, I used to do everything for anyone marketing wise, basically, but now really I focus on crafting delicious content for Google and getting it off your plate. So that looks like, um, crafting a content strategy with blog blogs. So maybe two to four blogs a month based on keyword research, based on your goals, we develop the, the topics and the schedule, and then I take it off your plate, upload it, optimize it, life's good. Also helping with email marketing, it just sort of naturally is easy. Once I'm in your voice and writing your blogs, it's pretty straightforward and easy to put together a great 
um, email to send to your your list. And then something else that I'm a big stickler on, you maybe have already picked up on it, is tracking the goals and tracking the metrics. So, you know, every month my clients get a report um, that I pull together from Google Analytics and possibly their email if they have that service. Um, that And then I, at the top, I put in plain English, like, you know, you got 10% increase in traffic, your top five keywords were this, your top pages were this, your top referral source, meaning what other sites sent traffic to your site. And then I break that down actually even more and I break everything down in the report, but I just keep it like, here's like, here's what's going on, here's what we did, here's how it's looking. And um, that's really important to me too, that I, that businesses, photographers know how is their marketing working? Is it working? Is it not? I mean, I've, I've had that on some reports where it's like, hey, we saw a downturn in traffic, but here's why I think it's happening and here's what we're going to do to fix it. And then I hear back like, thanks for being honest and not sugarcoating and I'm happy to move forward with these changes. But again, finding a, finding a partner, marketing partner who is transparent and honest is so important. I, I feel like sick to my stomach when I hear from a photographer that's like, oh, I paid some social, I paid someone to write social and do Google ads and I gave him $1,000. I don't know what I got. So I never want to hear one of my clients say that ever. <laughs> well, we'll make sure we've got this up on screen for anybody who's live streaming. Uh, you can see on screen clcontentmarketing.com. I've got that posted there. We'll link to it in the show notes, bocapodcast.com as well. And um, Claire, once again, I appreciate your, your patience and flexibility and kind of working through the tech issues today and uh, for sharing a little bit of your, your wisdom and experience with our listeners. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for having me and no worries. It was, it was fun regardless.